y'all what is going on thank you so much for checking out my podcast that's supposed to be different podcast this is your man gerard kenneth and uh today's episode is episode 41 r&b chop up with rambo well featuring rambo all right so um i actually stumbled across rambo by uh checking out uh the r&b legend the r&b general uh mr r&b money himself tank uh, he actually shouted this brother out for a song that he released entitled paris i checked out the song paris for myself i checked out the lyric video and like me i i'm i consider myself a real music lover and so when i was in conversation with rambo i was like yo like tank is really a a bit of a connoisseur when it comes to like r&b you know uh people who may not know tank tank uh initially got his start far as like in the industry itself uh being a background seeker for genuine and then becoming a, a solo artist uh by the time i heard of him i was like 15 or 16 years old in the year 2000 2001 when he first came out with maybe i deserve and it was talking about him getting his heart broken anyways we're not here to talk about tank we're here to talk about my man rambo and about his uh thought process with music to uh how r&b is looking nowadays in the year 2020 going into uh the year 2021 uh, and uh yeah i actually had to hit him up on uh ig so it was a bit of a impromptu interview so you're gonna get uh just all the audio uh just mixed in together with my questions and him answering the questions or whatnot so i hope you guys thoroughly enjoy this particular episode of uh the supposed to be different podcast the r&b chop up all right bro hey uh just want to say first and foremost thank you for being patient with me i was getting my life together or whatnot but uh let, let's begin man um rambo um, that's an interesting name, uh, to my understanding. I did a little, just a, a smidgen of research, and I came across, you actually went by a different stage name, so I was curious as to what made the change in the stage name. Uh, I'm gonna organize all this all together, but that was one of my first questions. But one of my other questions is, well, I mean, pretty much tell us about yourself. Um, obviously you're a producer, uh, uh, so you're, you're a singer, you're a songwriter. So, um, let's start off like that. Um, how long have you been doing this for? And, uh, tell us some more about yourself as far as like, who is Rambo, um, as an artist, um, in front of Mike, behind the mic, who is Rambo? What's going on, brother? Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me on, man. I'm glad to be here. Um, secondly, man, uh, just to answer your question, uh, Rambo, man, um, I felt like the name represent um, my sound. My sound is bold. Seeing your face is direct. Uh, can be aggressive at times, and it's, uh, I just felt like <clears throat> um, I just felt like it represented the name represented my music. You know what I'm saying? Best. So that's why the Rambo. Um, why the name switch, man? Um, I, I switched the name because I wanted to separate. Um, the personal um, with the music, you know what I'm saying? My personal life with the music, I felt like I kind of initially married them both and I think that it was kind of confusing. My audience, Rambo, um, you know, I felt like I, uh, I could brand that better, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and, and you know, music is just a, a small entity of who I am, so it's like it was it was better to create a separate entity so that 
I can do other things and branch and do other ventures. So that's why the name switch. And yes, sir, bro, um, I've been in this game for 20 years, man, writing, producing, uh, play several instruments. I do all my engineering. I went to school for audio engineering. Um, I just, uh, I mean, I studied under the greats, man, as far as writing and production and things of that nature. And so, man, yeah, man, I've been doing this for a hot minute. So I feel like right now I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in my prom. I'm probably the best I've ever been. I'm sure I'm the best I've ever been. And I'm only going to get better, man. You know, so, yeah, 20 years, brother. Okay, yeah, man, that's definitely good stuff. Um, So 20 years, yeah, man, uh, I definitely understand that. Um, I've been, like, working on music, doing things myself for about, like, 20 years. I started when I was... A teenager, 13 years old writing. I started learning how to produce at 15. I didn't get started recording until I was like 19. Like recording on my own and trying to figure it out. Um, so, yeah. And I'll be, uh, I'll be 36 this month. So it's been, yeah, close. Yeah, we're close. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like around like the same like time frame. So that's cool, man. So, uh, you said that you went to school. So, did you go to school for, like, music production? Did you go for audio production? And um, let me see. I got one more question, two more questions as far as this round is concerned. Um, as far as the people you mentioned that you work with, uh, do you mind sharing those names or do you want to keep them uh, confidential? Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, went to school for audio engineering. Um, I know how to really mix and record um i'm not gonna do a whole record from the top to bottom know how to analyze frequencies without even looking at them i mean i'm just a student to uh sonics and um you know i went to school uh out in raleigh uh, north carolina school of communication of arts went there and you know got some got, got some great experiences man just learning how to um, do a lot of great, incredible things with just frequencies and sonics and sounds. So, yeah, I do all that, man, for sure. Troy Taylor, um, he, he's been a, a longtime mentor um, of mine. Um, studied, I actually work with um, Foxhole Production, Jamie Foxx's camp. They helped groom me on the brains to Milo and Jovan Dawkins, all those guys. Um, just, just a lot of great, just to name a couple, man, just a lot of great... Um, God has just really opened doors for me to just learn from a lot of great people. And like I said before, man, I'm just I'm just always remaining a student to the art. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. And um, as far as instruments are concerned, uh, you say you play multiple instruments. So uh, what type of instruments have, uh, do you play? Uh, which one was your first instrument? And uh, which one was your which one is your favorite instrument to play? Um, yeah, man, I play um, piano. Uh, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, bass, played bongos, drums, um, congas, kungas, however you want to call them. Um, it's like a tomato tomato thing. Um, trumpets. Uh, I can play any instrument, man. Uh, my first instrument was piano. I started off playing the piano. And um, it was an easy instrument, man, because the piano is on the treble clef. And so it allowed me to transition easily to other instruments that were on the treble um, clef. And I learned how to play violin when I was nine. And um, so I'm just, you know, uh, you know, instruments instruments is absolutely not a foreign uh, object to me, for sure. That's good stuff, man. Uh, like I was saying, I'm actually going to school for audio production myself. Uh, I'm actually going to Full Sail, and uh, I am in my 
sixth semester semester so but yeah man so the fact that you're mentioning like frequencies and sonics and stuff like that that's i mean you, you know that but it's so vitally important when it comes to your mix and for for me um as far as me mixing my own stuff it was like i always felt like i was like man something's missing <laughs> like i felt like my stuff is kind of close and like me going to school and learning other stuff it's like I'm, i feel like i'm closer but i feel like that's vitally important so even when um when it comes to, to to mixing your music what can you tell um people that are you know what i'm saying um home studio owners and home producers and you know they're not they're they're, they're not like professional professional uh, what can you tell them what i'm saying what can you tell them as far as like what kind of advice can you give them even if they choose not to go to school what kind of like just simple advice would you like to give those who are doing their own mixing and mixing and their own mastering when it comes to uh audio production yeah man that's dope man congratulations with the full cell thing man that's full cell is a, a awesome school man and um i know you're enjoying it i know it's a great experience for you um but yeah as far as home studio owners man um i look at it like this um, it don't matter, in my opinion, where you mix, where you are. Your ears is your ears is really all you need. And so you could be in million dollar facilities, which I've worked out of countless times, and and a lot of times their mixes are still not good because it's the ears. You know, you are a flavor maker. Your ears create the flavor. And so it doesn't really matter if you're in a home studio or a state-of-the-arts million-dollar facility, in my opinion. If your ears ain't hearing it right, then you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to mix anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So in my opinion, studio owners, uh, home studio owners, I look at it like, you know, you can still do amazing things. Like even myself now, Paris, I mix that in my headphones um, in my home. Um, because I wanted to get the low end right and, and, and to get that low end right you need smaller speakers so the smaller speakers that I have is a four you know I have like 3.5 inch uh, KRKs is my smallest speaker and so I wanted something smaller than that so I just went to, and got my uh, KRK headphones and I just mixed the low end I mixed the whole record um, just with my headphones and um, and I haven't heard anybody say they ain't like that mix and I mastered it as well on my headphones. So it's all about the ears, man. And my advice, um, I would say um, just just try to be as eclectic as you can. Listen to everything. Really analyze it. And, um, and don't rely too much on the books. Don't rely too much. It's good to have as a foundation of reference, uh, maybe a template or a blueprint. But always provide. It's almost like building a frame, but don't put up the walls because, you know, walls create boundaries. And I feel like creativity, you know, there are no, there's no boundaries in creativity. So I say trust yourself. And I also say listen and reference tracks. Why is this track great? What makes this track special? Why is this low end the way it is? Just really learn in the car while you're riding. You don't have to be in the studio to get better. You can really get better in your in your whip just riding down I-40. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and to be honest, not to discredit the books and the classroom and all that stuff, man. But I've gone in studios and I would, and, and this is when I was like wet behind the ears, fresh out of college. And I'm, I'm in these studios and I'm like, yeah, I just went to school. And these guys are like, 
cracking on me. They laughing at me like you don't know nothing. You know what I mean? Like they ain't teaching you nothing there. You know what I'm saying? They don't. A lot of great engineers don't even respect Full Sail or respect a lot of these art schools. And, um, you know, because they learned by, you know, being the janitor in the studio first. And then they moved up to like a second or third assistant uh, to the actual mixing engineer or the, or the tracking engineer. You know what I'm saying? And so they learned a lot of they have a lot of experience of touching gear and and pushing buttons. And you know what I'm saying? So I say this to, to this, uh, the homeowners, the studio, home studio owners, you know, um, listen to every genre. Why is this record special? And the reason why I say that because I, I actually had a, a, a recording facility when I first got out of college. I saved my money, uh, stayed at my mom's crib and just stacked my bread. And I opened up a, a, a full-blown facility. It was really nice. And you know what, man? My first client, I, I was hoping, you know, I'm used to, at that time, I'm used to mixing rap, hip-hop music, R&B, pop. Man, my first client was a bluegrass band. And so I was like, yo, this is crazy. So I had to learn real quick how to how to mic properly a, a mandolin, a ukulele, an upright bass. You know, I had to learn really quick how to mix those things. And they were very, very pleased. Um, so you just have to be open and flexible. And uh, yeah, man. <laughs> the fact that you said that you, uh, you mixed and mastered pairs with your headphones is amazing. Like, I go from my headphones to my to my studio to my studio monitors the i got some presonus fives and i got some sterling what is it called sterling mx fives or whatever people they frown upon them so i barely use them but it actually has a lot of low end in it as well it's really basic right really basic but the fact that you said that you primarily use headphones is amazing because i've heard people like kind of like tell us yo you don't want to mix <laughs> with 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 the headphones because it's a different sound and I was like, eh, but uh, to each his own and, and again you were saying like it's just your ears and your ears only and i mean look man that track is amazing it's a vibe like i have a friend from nigeria that actually listened to the track and he said yo this is a good song like music if, if it's good music, it's good. Yeah, bro. Um, you you got to think about this, man. Um, Sonics are more competitive now than they have ever been because people are listening to things on smaller sources like earbuds, laptop speakers, off their cell phone. I listen to like a Charlie Puth. I listen to like a SZA or I listen to like a Khalid, you know what I'm saying? Or, or DJ Cassidy. And it's like their records are so punchy and it's punching through the uh, resonance really really strong through through just through a laptop you can hear the 808s coming through you know what i'm saying and so i look at it like this man i you know I, i'll mix it on a laptop if i can you know what i'm saying and i just do a lot of referencing on different sources but you're not just mixing for your, the car radio anymore the car speakers you know what i'm saying you're mixing for those those earbuds you know what i'm saying so that's why i, I mix paris that way so, you know, uh, being a singer-songwriter, being a producer myself, I play a couple of instruments. I think you got me beat. I got a feeling you got me beat because I heard the quality. Excuse me, I heard the quality in your music, the mixing. I was like, this dude, this song is amazing. And I was like, I had to reach out to you. You know what I mean? Um, of course, um, I, I thought it was really dope that Tank actually took time to, like, listen to your work. And 
Uh, for me personally, um, being an artist, and you know what I'm saying, kind of not like a run-of-the-mill type of artist, but you know, it's so many of us uh, aspiring artists and singers and stuff like that, that you come across somebody like Tane that actually takes time to listen to your work and says, yo, this is actually dope. And it's like, yo, okay, I'm going to take time to listen to it too and say, oh, snap, this is actually dope, right? It shows that he's a, a connoisseur in, in reference to, uh, he, that Tank is a, a bit of a connoisseur in reference to R&B music and what's good R&B music, not just this commercial stuff. So when I heard your track, I was like, yo, this is amazing. So And also, man, thank you, man, for, for even liking Paris, man. Um, I appreciate that so much. Um, If you don't mind, can you, like, walk us through the... The, the the concept of the song I wouldn't say the process Because we all got like different processes Like how we start making beat. We could probably get into that later But as far as like you creating Like the concept of the song The idea of the, the lyrics itself What is it that made you want to discuss it And present the music in that manner? Um, it was really um, it, it was uh, I guess a leap of faith or a risk type thing because it's not my it's not what my fans are used to and so I wanted to um just be me and not only that you know a lot of us aren't really putting out the things we want to put out because you know it's not what's being played on the radio but man so Paris was that record I was really nervous about but I decided to just be true to myself because it was just a vibe and I liked it it made me feel good and I can you know it's just something that if I heard it in a movie you know it would have definitely caught my attention and 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 you know luckily man that it, it, it ha I haven't found one person that, that wasn't feeling it you know so I'm very grateful so thank you um so the state of R&B um how do you feel about it it's uh, I, I think um, I think we're in competition with the state of hip hop, so to speak. Um, you say you were doing music for 20 years, so I'm pretty sure we're kind of like close in age. So I, I think you understood that growing up in the 90s, like people really frowned upon hip hop. Some people still feel some type of way about hip hop, but everybody was really in love with R&B music. We had all the different greats that played a part in creating R&B music. But in the same breath, we had some of those greats frown upon R&B music as well and so now in 2020 and even years before that we see it slowly do a flip and for the and for the younger generation like I wouldn't say younger generation kind of like people in our age group and people younger than us their view their view their vantage point of R&B is slightly different because it seems as if like there's moments in time where you had like your Mary J. Blige and your Method Man, or you had Usher just sing and then rap, or that you had Usher do a song with Lil' Kim, or you had Total do something with uh, 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 with Biggie, or uh, I forgot the dude that actually sang the song, uh, sang the chorus for I Ain't Mad At You with, with, uh, with Tupac. So we had different points and pockets in time. I mean, that's still re relevant, right? Where R&B and hip hop would 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 have this beautiful Kool-Aid mixture, if I can say that. But then there's other times where it's just like, yeah, people that are just totally hip-hop, and then some hip-hop ain't real hip-hop, and it's mumble rap and all this other foolishness. 
So there's times where hip hop has this meeting or this merging, right? And it's a beautiful merge. But then there's times where hip hop and R&B will have this type of dissonance. And it's not like, you know, about chords. So it's not really like a beautiful dissonance to where you, it's just like a relational dissonance. Like it's a clash, right? It doesn't, the the emotions and and it's more so from a consumer perspective, I think, because I think uh, real true music lovers in general, they're going to always have a mutual respect for one another. R&B artists will have a mutual respect for hip-hop artists hip-hop artists will have a, uh, a mutual respect for r&b artists but then you got those people that come into the game and it is like it's just r&b 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 or it's just hip-hop 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 and so some people that didn't study the game and didn't study the different artists don't have an appreciation for the different genres so overall i just wanted to know uh i'm saying that for a reason because it's just primarily just where hip-hop is versus where R&B is at, at least from, like, a certain vantage point. So, my thing is, how do you feel about R&B? So, how do you feel about R&B in reference to what R&B was really, truly about? It was, we had songs where we talked about having fun, but it was primarily talking about the blues. It's it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, um, it came from the child. It's, it's a child of the blues, right? So we talk. We talk about blues having your heart broken. And then we all talk. We also talk about love. But it seems like there's this shift to where R&B is trying to sound like hip hop and reference in reference to the lyrics, right? As far as like the the raunchiness that we grew up listening to around like the '90s and into the 2000s, where you know. It, or it's just it's just it's not really passion it's not as passionate you hear women be more passionate for the most part in commercials in 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 in, in, in a commercial realm of uh, r&b right they're more passionate about loving and stuff like that it, but it's almost as if the men have dialed that back some because they want to look hard they want to be tough they don't want to be this be they don't want to be viewed as a punk for uh for, for really opening up your heart and talking about love and it's like that's what it was all about some of us were born to these to this music you know talking about love and wanting to be with somebody and if i can't have you i don't want nobody else and girl you know i i i, I love you you know what i'm saying like we were born to some of this stuff and so for it to be this type of a weird space and shift at least in my at least in my opinion uh, I, I, I think it's a bit of a shift so to speak but how do you feel from your from your vantage point um, based on the people that you work with based on the people that you're working with now based on your your music that you're creating um, how do you feel about the state of R&B in its entirety yeah man great question man um, I think that you know me being from that era where um, in my opinion, where R&B was, um, it, you know, what I love about R&B back in the 90s was it, uh, the lyrics were cleverly written. Um, it, it seemed like they crock-pot, crock-potted the music. They slow-cooked it. It was, it seemed like they really took, they put their love into the process, not negating what's going on today. Um, I think that as a great producer, you have to learn how to change and adjust with the times. And that's something that I had to learn to do as well. And because I had struggled with it because I'm trying to force something, force a piece into a puzzle that is really a foreign object. So I really, you know, you know, R&B today, I feel like 
you know, you have to find the beauties in it. You know what I'm saying? And also, um, just listen to why it's popular today. You know, listen to the low end. You know, listen to the patterns. Listen to the chords. It's still in there, even from back in the day. Like her, the artist, her. Like yo, she's fire to me. Um, Summer Walker. I mean, there's some great artists, man, that have married the now and the '90s because they just such a you know they they so appreciate that sound, and so you can always hear the influence. So the '90s is still current because it's still inspiring music today. You know what I'm saying? It's just with a different little sauce on it, just an extra little ingredient. So me personally, I think it's fire right now. I think that, you know, um, yeah, I'm feeling it. You know what I'm saying? I like where it's at and I like where it's going. I like where, you know, we all going to take it. I mean, you know, we're from that era where um, there was a lot of consciousness. Um, It was a lot of... Uh, it was um, to me. We we seem to be more unified as a community. Um, do I think that this music now uh, represents that all the way? I, I can't blanket that answer and say no. I can say, um, you know, some, most. What's you know what's popular right now is not really representing that. But do I think it's still there? Yeah. I mean, you still got, you know, like I said, her. You got Charlie Wilson. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got uh, Anthony Hamilton still talking about love. John Legend, and you know he's a mainstream artist, still talking about it. Alicia Keys, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I think it's still here. Yeah, I, I feel that people are giving the consumer what they want. Artists are giving the consumers what they want. Um, I feel like if the consumers didn't make it popular, if the if the consumers defamed it, I feel like then. You know, there'll be a new wave somewhere. I mean, I feel like this is the wave for a reason. And so um, a lot of artists wouldn't be successful, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to pay their bills if they didn't provide what the consumer wanted. Is it a struggle? Is it a toil? And, and you know, in them, I, I think I think it is just from behind the scenes and the conversations I've had. I feel like it, it bothers a lot of people. But at the same time, you know, they still got to pay their bills, you know, they still got to give the customers what they want. And I think that that's the that's the issue, you know what I'm saying? And plus, records aren't really selling like that, like they used to with the Internet and things of that nature. So it's, it's you really got to hustle and, and you got to hustle and give the customer what they want. You know what I'm saying? We, even even with the quantity of records that are out now, there are more records out now than he ever was back in the day. In our day, you do an album, you push that album for like three years. You know what I'm saying? But now you do about four or five albums a year. You know, it's quantity. It's too much music out, if you ask me. And I think that, and it's because of the streaming and how we're paid so very minimal with the per stream. It's not even a cent. It's like zero point 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 zero nine percent or something like that. It's something ridiculous like that. So we don't even make the money we used to make. And so I feel like. You know, that's that's also a struggle. You know what I'm saying? And so you got to put out more records to get more streams. So you got to put out five, six records a year just to get more streams, just so you can pay your bills. So I think that is the issue. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, I definitely concur with you concerning that. Yeah. Like, we don't even get... <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't even get a full penny. And it's certain... Um, there's certain DSPs where it's closer to a penny, 
But then it's like how many people actually utilize those DSPs. Like if you're listening to music on Amazon, like or Rhapsody, you're gonna get actually close to a whole penny. Um, even if you listen to music using title, um, you're gonna get a penny for each stream, like close to a penny. Um, I was doing some research on that, and because uh, uh, this is an app called Loom, and with Loom, it's pretty much like some people say it's like fans only, but for <laughs> but for artists, but it's good for networking and stuff like that. Um, I'm like I said, I'm I'm a producer too, but I met a I met a, I met a guy. He's a really dope producer, so um, I'm actually working on a track with him. But um, I digress. But but oh yeah, that's what I'm saying that for. So with Loom, you can actually pay people for like you like their song, you give them a couple, you know what I'm saying, a couple dollars or something like that. Um, I think it's like it's this thing called note, and each note I think is equivalent to. I had to look at my notes, but I believe it's equivalent to half of a cent, right? Half of a cent, right? So, what is that? 0.00, yeah, 0.005, right? Half of a cent. And so, but usually people, like, they like your stuff, they'll give you, like, 25 cents <laughs> for that song. Like, yo, this is a dope song, I like it, 25 cents. Meanwhile, it's like, well, it's better than the stream. But it's like, how often are people going to do stuff like that, right? So, it, it, it's, it's weird the way we consume uh, music nowadays. It's really weird. And it's almost as if we're actually generating money for the people that created the DSPs. So, uh, uh, a lot of us may not be assigned to a major label, right? trying to get you know we're trying to generate money for our own stuff but it's almost as if we're making money for these dsp companies <laughs> because the streams are so low you gotta get like a billion a billion uh, uh streams to get like 300 or three thousand dollars if that right and certain some places monetize it some places they, they're funny acting with the monetization <laughs> youtube cough but um it just depends so i get what you're saying on that um the way music is being consumed is entirely different and you're a thousand percent right there's times where artists can leave like i clearly remember when usher came back in 1997 98 uh prior to that he was a teenager well he was like a young young teen like 13 14 one of my songs that uh one of the songs that i love from him when i was like 10 or 11 or 12 ish no about like 10 or 11 was a song called think of you I do, 
love that song. You know, I had a crush on this little girl when I was in, you know what I'm saying, middle or elementary, middle school. And I heard the song on the radio and I was like, yo, I love this song. And then I didn't hear nothing else from the dude until I was like in the eighth grade. So I was like in the fifth, yeah, about the fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, fifth grade, matter of fact. I didn't hear nothing from this dude until I hit middle school. And that's with the Usher My Way album. So that was like three or four years later. I was like, oh, okay, Usher came back. We really can't do that now if we want to stay on the radar. Don't, now, that's in reference to like people that are popping. What about, well, probably not you, but what about like regular schmegular people? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, uh, you know, who is this dude? Oh, he came back around and did some more music? Oh, that's cute. So it's like we gotta stay. It's almost like we gotta do something like, um, like Russ did. I don't. I'm not sure if you know who uh, Russ is. He's a hip hop artist. Uh, he's originally from, I believe, he was either from. Uh, he's from the East Coast. We'll just say that. And then uh, him and his family they moved to Atlanta. He's really. He's young, man. He's uh, about like maybe like 10, 10, 12 years younger than us. He's in his 20s still. And he released a song just about every day for X amount of years before he started popping. So every day he released a song. Or between every day and every week, he released a new song. And I was like, bro, that is ridiculous. I don't even do that. Right? I literally, I put out a single. I wait a few months. I put out another single. I wait a few months. I put out another single. I wait a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the last, the last, um, like full album that I did on my own was back in 2006, and then I did a collab project um, with a with a fellow producer in 20. I mean, oh, I said 2006 in 2016. Excuse me, 2016 was my own personal project, and then I did a collab project in 2019. So that was a three year gap. So I haven't. So I just been putting out regular singles. So I get what you're saying in reference to uh, the consumer. Uh, consuming the music a certain way and how these DSPs I can't even say like are nickel and dime in us they're <laughs> one hundredths and one thousandths <laughs> of a, of a uh, you know what I'm saying of a, of a decimal in, 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 in paying us so I, I get that man and it's, this, I feel as though there has to be a shift in that I think yeah brother um, yeah that's that's crazy um, but man, you know, I look at it like this, you know, folks from our era, a lot of us are suffering because we are still comparing. We're not adjusting with the times. And I was one of them um, until maybe like three, four years ago. I decided to like, you know what? I need to keep up with what's going on. And because you're going to get left behind. I mean, this is really honestly to, to, to really sum all this up. Everyone is just fighting for attention. And, and and artists, they're fighting to get in front. You know, I'm going to put out as much records as I can to keep your attention. Much content as possible to keep your attention. But you even think about it, that's how businesses have done it for years. I mean, Pizza Hut, uh, McDonald's. I mean, so you have to look at yourself that way as an entity, as a business, as an LLC or, or INC or whatever you want to call it. Like you got to look at it that way, because even back then, businesses were fighting for your attention. Like imagine if Pizza Hut 
put out a new style pizza that they're advertising and promoting and they don't do any changes, anything else new and innovative for like two or three years, then they would get left behind. And so it, that's how it switched. Back then, people, uh, music had more value. So now, if you compare music to a dollar, the, the, the dollar has appreciated. You know what I'm saying? So now you got to put out four or five dollars to make up for that one dollar. You know what I'm saying? So you just got to put out more music and you got to have other streams and other things connected to it. So your music is just its own leg, just one leg. It's not the whole entire body. It's just a leg. And so now you got to do merch. You know what I'm saying? That's another leg. And now you got to do a podcast. That's another leg. Now you got to do a book deal. You got to do all these different things. You got a YouTube channel. have all these things, but you also have a lot of opportunities too. You know what I'm saying? You have a lot of opportunities to really, a lot of avenues, a lot of ways to really be seen, be heard, pay your bills, get hurt, you know, and and, and and in that regard, I do like, you know, artists are their own, and, you know, just on the outside looking in, they're, you know, like an LLC, they're their own business, they're, you know what I'm saying, and so I, I look at it like that, so, you know, the ball is in our court, and I think that people, a lot of artists don't know how to handle all that responsibility and delegate all that responsibility but just being an independent entity so that's when you know having a good team in place and good management and and just a good structure and 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 all that good stuff good accountability is you know that's when that comes into play to be able to manage all these things and knowing how to delegate a lot of these people aren't don't really have good leadership skills don't know how to you know what i mean so that's how i I look at it is like you know you're your own ceo you're the boss you know and you're competing with you know pizza hut the the, the now pizza huts the other artists the mcdonald's the hardy's things of that nature me and my wife was just talking about how hardy's used to sell fried chicken why do they sell fried chicken you know what i'm saying when it's a burger joint so, you know, trying to adjust with the times, trying to be competitive, things of that nature. And so we have to adjust that way. If not, we're going to get left behind and we're just going to leave us bitter and resentful. So I had to switch gears and I had to, um, you know, just look at it, change, just change perspectives. L, you know, Rambo is an LLC. So music is just a leg. You know what I'm saying? Um, merch. Have merch. That's another leg. You know, I have, you know several things happening and so it's like you know i'm writing and producing for film and all this other stuff so it's like that's another leg and so i have a lot of opportunities for people to know me and 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 things like that you know and so i just look at it like um it's a really great situation it's a really great situation and endless possibilities and you can't compare it to back then because back then the deals weren't that good a lot of artists most artists had crappy deals so now you know you can really do it without a deal you know you can be your own deal you can you can build your own table have a seat at your own table invite other people to have a seat and and lastly man even with you know right now with the climate of the corona and, and this you know epidemic and things of that nature like a lot you know some artists a lot of artists are suffering because they're not adjusting in these times and i'm seeing other artists are eating right now because they transition from being the artist to an ad agency and what they're doing is they're, they're getting paid to promote other businesses they're getting paid to promote other artists you know what i'm saying 
content on their platform. And so you got to learn how to adjust with the times because the one thing about the times, the times are always going to adjust. And so if you're not changing, if we're still in the 90s, you know, then we're always, if we're comparing, you know, the 90s to now, which, you know, I feel you and, and I agree with you, but it's like, I know that I have to move forward and I have to just use that as experience and use that as a tool in my arsenal to be the best now. So I would say this may be a rough one, <laughs> but who would you consider to be in your list of top five favorite R&B acts? So it can be uh, groups or it can be a solo artist, your top five. It doesn't have to be current 2020. It can merge from even when, you know what I'm saying, before you were born. Uh, but who will be your top five uh, R&B acts, right, that you still love and still can just be like, yo, like, I'll never get tired of listening to this person or listening to this particular song. And then um, I guess we'll end it like this. Who, who or what groups of people are actually your greatest um, influences or inspirations when it comes to you know what I'm saying? Your own uh, presentation of R&B. Who are your greatest influences or your greatest inspirations when it comes to uh, creating this music? Uh, yeah, man. My top five, man. I would say um, this is not a popular answer, and but it's a real answer. Um, regardless of this guy's uh, criminal background and his situation right now. Uh, but you can't even say R&B without saying R. Kelly. I mean, he's shaped, he, he shaped the whole... I mean, the whole genre of R&B um, single-handedly. So, you know, um, he inspired us all in that way. Um, I would say him. I would say um, Marvin Gaye. Um, his pen was bananas. I would say Brandy. Um, I mean, she's just so incredible. Um, I would say Sam Cooke. Um, I would even say um, Chris Brown. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Tank. Uh, just so many incredible too many incredible uh, artists to even to, to even condense in just the top five. I mean, it's just so many. I can't even I can't even put it into one or two artists or even five artists, man. I would say, I mean, you know, can't forget about Brian McKnight, you know, and just his production and his musicianship and his pen. You can't forget Boys to Men, um, Babyface. I mean, God, God, Lee, Babyface. I mean, it, uh, everyone has inspired me. I mean, not even just a top five. I mean, like I said, man, I'm a student to the art and you you may hear some babyface um, influence or, uh, you know what I'm saying? You may hear uh, some R. Kelly. You may hear some, you know what I'm saying? It's just a melting pot. It's just a, a gumbo of, 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 you know, all those greats, man, they inspire me. You know what I'm saying? Rambo. Thank you, man. This That was good stuff, sir. And um, I'm really hoping that people grab all of the golden nuggets that you shared with us, man, from um, the audio production perspective, from the, the business perspective to the just being a creative singer-songwriter, musician perspective, from a cultural perspective, even in reference to uh, what's going on with COVID-19 and all the different things from, you know, from within our, 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 our lifetime. Right, at least from the 80s up till now, that people were able to uh, 
glean from what you were sharing with us, man. Uh, thank you again for wanting to, to uh, do this interview with me, man. I uh, really appreciate it. Again, your music is amazing. It's dope. Um, I encourage people to check out the song Paris. And uh, if you don't mind, uh, where can we, uh, where else can we find you aside from IG? Definitely a pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, everybody, check out Paris. Um, download it. It's everywhere, worldwide. Doesn't matter if you got an Android or an iPhone. Download Paris. Share it with all your friends. Share it with your people. Um, we're in this thing together, and only you guys can get into places that nobody can get it into. So I appreciate y'all. Thanks for liking the record, loving the record, and showing love to me. And let's just keep this thing going. I got more records. I got more, more gems, more good vibes. You know what I mean? So let's get it. Okay, guys, uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed this particular episode. If you want to find uh, Rambo, you can find him on IG at callme underscore Rambo underscore. That's on IG. You can also check out his music on iTunes or, of course, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud as well, Facebook and Twitter. His Facebook is Rambo the Producer. His Twitter is also at Call me underscore Rambo underscore so you can follow him there. And uh, actually, while we're here, let me go ahead and uh, follow the man right now. And then uh, you can actually uh, check him out on SoundCloud as well at Rambo. And finally, you can, of course, check him out in his lyric video for the song Paris on uh, YouTube. And that's uh, Producer Rambo. Okay. Once again, guys, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. This is supposed to be different podcast. This is episode 41 RB Chop Up featuring Rambo. Peace and God bless. So Deuce. why not go to a place made for lovers Just like Paris Just like Paris Just like Paris You see what we on tonight all night. Ain't gonna be no phones tonight all night. We all in our zone tonight We gonna be grown tonight I said we gonna be grown tonight